0: what's up you guys welcome to another episode of candid candor with jay and january where we like to talk about what we want to talk about
1: that's right and today we're going to talk about perfectionism and why in the world as humans do we have to think that we have to be perfect or seem perfect or act like we have all the answers so just stay tuned Well, 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 we are back in this closet, recording once again.
0: We're back in the closet.
1: Are you going to do that every week?
0: I can't help myself.
1: It's good. (laughs) Hopefully one day we can get out this closet and just, you know, record somewhere that I can sit on a chair and not the floor. Yeah,
0: like a studio.
1: Maybe not a studio. I mean... We're not trying to get in the studio, for real. In the studio. That was pretty good, <laughs> studio. huh?
0: Studio.
1: Yeah, I mean, that note wasn't perfect. You see what I did there? Yeah. And so today, yeah, we're actually going to talk about perfectionism.
0: Perfectionism. And, you
1: know, I you know I struggle with this as a three because I want to be extremely competent in everything that I do, and that can sometimes lead to me trying to be perfect all the time.
0: Wow, you are very transparent.
1: I know, I started staying off deep, which is jump off the, the high dive you in really the first did. minute and a half.
0: You just, like, what do you call a cannonballed? In Why the would that end? be a
1: cannonball, though? I
0: don't know, it created a big splash in my heart.
1: I mean, <laughs> it's the one thing you can do, it's like a can opener, you ever done that off the high dive before? Let's not
0: talk about this anymore.
1: You never jumped off the high dive?
0: I have, maybe once a month. What life. did you
1: do off the high dive?
0: Um, oh, it was definitely a pencil. That's the safest bet.
1: I feel like you can break your toe doing that.
0: No, you can't break your toe doing that. You're eliminating splash
1: well, that's dumb if you're gonna jump off the high dive and not get a big splash.
0: no, I still I want if to you sur- jump
1: off the high dive and get a big splash, all the girls look at it. I mean, I guess for you, all the guys will look at it, and it's just no, cool. That I don't way.
0: want to do that
1: I mean I guess I don't we had different draw attention. We, we had different motives off the high dive you when know, I little
0: whatever anyways, so let's what. What, is the, what do you think, what is your definition of perfectionism?
1: You, my love, is the definition <laughs> of that. No, I mean, you are, but uh, I would think, do you have it up on Webster's? Is that why you're asking me? That is correct. Okay, so let me guess. All right, it, it's going to say something like um, the pursuit of the source of all things that are not unperfect. Uh, you're
0: on, you're <laughs> on the right track. So Webster's definition... Is refusal to accept any standard short of perfection.
1: So I essentially said that.
0: Yeah, in a nutshell. Just
1: like in the King James version, <laughs> like I kind of said it that way.
0: Yeah, King James. Um, so I'm also a three on the enneagram, and for all you non enneagram or enneagram people, that is the Achiever. Jay and I are, are both. That's right. Three wing twos. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're working on on it. But I would not consider myself a perfectionist by nature. However, I definitely have perfectionism tendencies and not the best ones. I mean, I don't really think all bad, but, you know. I, you
1: know, I just had a very cool idea. Okay. It's not really an idea. We talked about this earlier, but I think it's the perfect time to throw it in. Before we talk about, you know, being perfect, I mean, about the pursuit of being perfect.
0: Nobody's perfect. I gotta work I it. thought
1: you were going J. Cole there. Nobody's <laughs> no. perfect. Yeah. No, I definitely went
0: okay. Molly
1: Cyrus. That's complete opposite. Actually, but
0: actually, Hannah Montana.
1: Like, Hannah Montana, like Migos?
0: Absolutely not okay. like Migos.
1: Whatever. Um, so... We talk about being the pursuit of perfection, right? And how, you know, that can be good and bad on different levels. How about we start the show off? Since I was super, you know, transparent at the beginning. Let's talk about some of our failures. (laughs) I'll kick us off. Okay, you start. So, my most glaring failure in my life, you know where I'm going with this, and I might get very upset when I get there, was when I was graduating from college. I'm a math degree person. That means, you know... You're in, you're in education and you're in math. You, you are the golden ticket. You are, you know, you are, is it Charlie Willy Wonka? Is that who it is?
0: That sure is. All right.
1: I was Charlie in this situation. Like people, I had the golden ticket. I have a math degree. I'm African-American. Like, this just a really perfect thing. You're really handsome too. Okay. All that, all those you're
0: things. You're I, I
1: coached sports. It was just like, I am what every principal in this side of America needs and wants. Okay. Not to like, boast myself up but this is what what people tell me
0: not boasting at all
1: not boasting at all so i decide you know because how student loans work and i didn't have many coming out of undergrad but i had a little bit that i was gonna apply for teach for america because you know it just makes sense they pay your student loans off i wanted to teach in you know uh low income areas it worked out perfect that way like it would it was just it was a it was like there was a glove like Fit perfectly on my hand, not like o j like it fit perfectly on my hand, and so I applaud, you know, and at this point, I don't think I've ever been rejected from anything, which is sad reality like i i I made every team I tried out for, uh you know, I've gotten every job I interviewed for at that point in my life, not not since then, but at that point in my life, and so I get through the first round of interviews, of course, I do, I'm a math teacher. I'm a math teacher. A
0: tall, dark, a and tall, handsome. dark, and
1: handsome math teacher. True. I right. get through the second round. I'm a tall, dark. Ah, this is easy. Like they're telling me I'm accepting. I'm not even surprised. Well, then we get to the third round, and a phone. And it was the round right before the phone interview. So I got like all the background, my resume and stuff got you know approved, and I get a rejection letter. Dun dun dun. And I was like, wait, pause. <laughs> that that don't happen to me. I'm a math teacher. Tall, dark, and handsome math teacher, uh, and I felt like a failure in that moment. It was like everybody had lied to me before them. They were just like, "Math is the golden ticket. You can do anything with a math degree, and you, you're tall, dark, and handsome. You can do it all." But
0: I like I how your like, voice changed out I there. like how
1: I like how I don't like how I felt in that moment because I felt like a failure. It's probably it was one of the first times in my adult life that I felt failure, and I learned from it obviously. But in that moment, I was just like. Dang, that kind of sucks. Then there's other times like I remember my last baseball game. <laughs> well, no, not the last one. Before the last one, the one we should have won. I went 0 for 4, which is like uncharacteristic of me during that time. But like we lost that game, we lost another game. My baseball career is over. I felt like a failure that day. So those are probably my two most glaring failures that I remember in life. I didn't fail much as a child. I I, know, I started walking at nine months. Like it's just like wow. I was like just I was like LeBron James as a child. Real humble. I mean, I didn't. I'm just saying the truth. Like, I didn't fail that much. I mean, I walked. I mean, I got a whooping every once in a while, but that was just like a part of life at that point. But <laughs> what What you got?
0: Uh, so you know, obviously, we all have several failures in life. One of my failures happened when I was trying out for a 12 and under travel softball team, and at this point, this is Liberty I... Bells. Yes, this Liberty is. <laughs> Here they come, the Liberty Bell. Right, we ahead. absolutely <laughs> did nothing like that. Okay. So I had been playing travel ball for probably like one or two summers by then, and this you was know, before
1: travel ball was crazy and dumb. But
0: yes, this was. But if you
1: do travel ball, it's fine. You're you are saved, and you're beautifully and wonderfully made. It's just you know, it's kind of stupid now. But go ahead.
0: Quit taking over my story. My bad. Go ahead. Okay, so I tried out, and you know, I knew several players. We were friends.
1: So you thought, okay, I won't interrupt no more. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I even knew the coaches, and, like, they were great. And so, you know, I tried out, and I did my best. I had a really good tryout, and it was just really good. And I was, I'm just a likable girl. I'm very coachable, at least at that age. I was very coachable. And so then, lo and behold, I think I found out right after tryouts. No, no, no. It was maybe, like, a few days after that I didn't make the team. <sighs> <sighs> I was really, really upset. I'm hurt, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I cried. I'm pretty sure I cried. Anytime at that age that I failed, I cried. Uh, But, yes, I cried. I was upset. And um, come to find out that that team, they just had a full roster. However, so at that time, that organization that um, I played for, they had several different age bracket groups. And so um, another older age bracket, a 14-under age bracket, they said, I can come on and play with them. So, I played up for most of my yeah, softball career. So, it really worked Take out. Take that,
1: Liberty Bells. It was
0: still the Liberty Bells.
1: Take that, 12-0 Liberty Bells.
0: <laughs> it actually is one of my best friends. Is that Brittany's team? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I hope oh, Brittany
1: heard this. This is great. Oh, my
0: gosh. She's going to show her dad. Oh, We've already talked about it. Hey, we love home. you,
1: Mr. Mike. <laughs>
0: yeah, it turned out good, but that was one of the um, first glaring failures that I had in my life, and it just, failure doesn't feel good at all, and obviously, um, I could, there are a lot of softball failures that I've had, but um, another one would be, so, one of my other really good friends, she opened a fitness studio, and, you know, I really enjoy fitness. I enjoy working out. Um, I find it very... To be very therapeutic.
1: And Dance Dance Revolution. You like that, too.
0: Let's not talk about that. Okay. You just can't get that right. We're not going to talk about that here. But she opened a dance um, studio. Well, it's not a dance studio. Sorry. It's a fitness studio. It's
1: bar. It's like, you know, b- ballet bars. Right?
0: Yeah. But I've, I've been there. Yeah, like, but it was like a whole bunch of other things.
1: It's kickboxing and then tabo. Yes. And you're, you're
0: really getting off. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Off. Sorry. <laughs> But yes, she was opening a fitness studio. She wanted me to come and be an instructor. Initially, I was like, no, lol, I've never taught group fitness classes. What is even group fitness? But she wore me down and ended up going through the instructor training program. And just about probably week three or week four in, I just... It was so different than anything that I had ever done, and I wasn't good at it the first few weeks, and so I automatically equated it to be a failure, and so I remember one night after training, I just, we just had a long talk about it, and just talked through how I just felt like I wasn't getting it, and like this is, I don't like feeling this way, I don't like feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, and I just really, really struggled with it, and so it turns out I stuck with it. And, you know, I think I was a pretty okay instructor. You were
1: dope. I loved your class. Thank you. Except when you made me do that thing with, like, my... They call it a seat, but it's really your butt. And they make you, like, do your leg things. I don't like that, but it's all good. But one thing I did like about that story... I guess it's not a story. I guess it is a story. It's part of your life. But that I walked with you through that time, so it's not really a story. But anyway, here nor there. That's not important. What I wanted to ask you was, or just kind of tell you, was it's cool how you took that moment where you had a like a thought of how you wanted to be perfect but because you wasn't hitting the target that you this imaginary target that you made for yourself you consider yourself for failure Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and so like my question to you would be like is it is that the norm like people we we shoot for this imaginary target of perfection that we're never going to hit like we're never we're never going to be perfect in anything Um, is, Is that the norm that people think that? And so when they don't hit that perfection target, they automatically mark that down as a failure.
0: For sure. I definitely think that. I think a lot of people don't even try or don't even take those steps because they are so fearful of failing. Like it's it's very real fear.
1: Yeah, I also think, and we talk, you talk about this all the time, about the growth and fixed mindset and how I think it's hard to maintain, and you can explain the growth and fixed mindset when I finish my little talk here, but like, <laughs> I think it's hard to maintain the mindset of growth when you only shoot for perfection because you're always going to fail in that. And Actually. a lot of times, dependent on how you react to failure is how you grow. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think for me, every time that I failed, let's just take my best example is sports. Mm Because, I mean, baseball is a game of failure. Same. Um, And so, like, every time I failed at something, what's a a good player do? They go get in the cage and they figure it out Mm -hmm. to fix what they failed and became a better hitter because you failed from something. Like, if I was always good at something, I would never need to work at anything. And so, you don't grow. Mm -hmm. And so, can you kind of explain the fix and growth mindset? Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely, yeah. So I think about a couple years ago, I read an awesome book. It's called Mindset by Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) So it's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I could be mispronouncing that. I apologize if I am. However, um, she pretty much talks about she's a researcher, and she just talks about the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, whereas you have with the fixed mindset. um, That is where people believe that they have fixed traits. Like um, that's where IQ testing has kind of came from. Um, That these traits cannot change that you are born with these certain talents. And that is all that you will ever have versus a growth mindset, where your learning and intelligence, it can grow over time. So it's much more so the amount of effort you put in equals success in the growth mindset versus your talent alone equals success in a fixed mindset. And so those are just kind of what he's talking about and the differences between those.
1: So how does that kind of tie in to, you know, this thought that we have to strive to be perfect all the time? So how does that? So like I know for me the way I think about that, like I said earlier, is if I strive to be perfect and I fail, you you start saying things like, well that's just how it's gonna be because that's how that's how much talent I have. It's like I can get to this level of something. I'm not gonna be perfect, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay here, and that's gonna be it. Um, and I think that, like I said, the the pursuit of perfection. And we're going to talk about perfection versus excellence here in a second. But, like, the the pursuit of perfection stops me from growing when I fail. Because I can just, I can think that, like, I'm never going to get there because we're never going to get to perfection. Like,
0: yeah, I saw so many, like, I grew up playing sports, too. I grew up playing a lot of softball and I had so many teammates who would just shut down when they couldn't you know do something correctly they would just shut down and not learn from it or maybe go through the motions and just be super apathetic about it and so it really got me thinking as we were studying and researching about this episode um, that perfection it can be really limiting it can limit your growth it can limit your thought processes and it can really just take you out if you allow it to
1: Yeah, I I, I definitely believe that. I mean, even we talked about this on our walk a few minutes ago. Um, Even biblically, like, you know, the Bible in 45 seconds is essentially, you know, there's God created us. Praise be. Thank you that you did that created us. Couldn't get it right. We we couldn't get it right for a long time. (laughs) A lot of cool people came during that time, but we really couldn't couldn't get get it it right. So, you know, God was like, you know, I love you so much. You can't get it right, but it's all good because I love you. I'm going to give you my one and only son to die for all of your can't get rights. And then he's going to come and live a sinless, perfect life. And then he's going to give you an example. And then he's going to die on the cross for you because you can't get it right. Mm-hmm. And yet we still want to give the perception that we always get it right, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like we always, we're perfect. Now I think the perception of perfection for me, is what's kind of aggravating because when i taught high school a lot of times a lot of these high school kids and even now with like our you know kids that we serve with now like they only see images and like media out media things of you know people and people's highlights if that makes sense so that they only see you know the instagram post or you know, the YouTube videos or things that are people's highlights that seem to be perfect. So then they start to compare their own selves to this perfection. And I mean, I just don't understand why that's the case. (laughs) Like, I don't understand why even those, why we even set that ecosystem up for people to feel that way. And I guess you can't control the way people feel, but in reality if the people that are, you know, and we fall in this all the time, people call us marriage goals all the time. Well, they only see our highlights. Like they don't see us sitting in this closet. Like (laughs) they only see our highlights. So like, I guess, you know, from both sides of it, how do we combat that?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because we're getting so much information just thrown at us, like even more so now than 10 years ago. Whereas, you know, we're, surrounded by books and Netflix and cable. And then then you put in like social media and YouTube, we're just constantly getting fed by these images of perfection. And whether we know it or not, just the, the simple pursuit of perfection has involuntarily been ingrained inside of us since, like many of us were probably even born. And um, whether you know it or not, you um, whenever you grow up, you when you want to be good at something, you want to be perfect. I know that my little brother, he grew up playing. Well, he didn't grow up playing baseball. He played baseball for a few years and he would get so frustrated because he wasn't as athletic or as talented as the other kids. And um, yeah, that's a great question.
1: Yeah. I also think, you know, What's interesting is as you grow older, you learn to become more authentic in just how you communicate uh, with people and just, you know, what you put out for people to see. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think there is a lack of genuineness when it comes to, you know, admitting your failures and like owning up to your failures. And, and, and you know, um, standing like standing. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Just being able to keep going on from your failures and learn from that, but continue to keep trucking on, if that makes sense. Resiliency. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, resiliency. And so, like, I think there is a lack of authenticity when it comes to, you know, I'm not perfect, and I know I'm not perfect, and I'm going to fail. How am I going to teach someone else from my failures Mm -hmm. instead of just making the perception seem like, everything's all good and it's all perfect mm-hmm. if that makes sense
0: yeah it takes a degree of humility to be able to yeah. one even admit your failures admit what you've done wrong and two to to coach somebody else through your own failures so they don't fail it takes a lot of humility and vulnerability to be able to even do that some people they can't get past their own um, their own failures in the way that they feel on the inside that they can't they can't even see towards helping other people. So, I, I definitely think that you have to remain humble and you have to live life with an open heart, live that open hearted life that, you know, Brene Brown talks so much about. I love Brene Brown. She's great. My
1: cousin. That's my say, cousin. Yeah. My co- we don't call cousin, her cousin,
0: cousin, cousin Brene. Cousin <laughs> Brene.
1: Yeah, it was, So, it was that my,
0: leads me to yeah. like, how do you start to break the cycle of perfection? Like, where does that even start?
1: I think it starts for me, and I know you have some cool notes, and they're going to be deep and, like, much better than mine, but I think it honestly starts with just being honest with yourself, like, and looking inside of yourself and saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Like, we can all say that and, like, express it out loud in front of people, but, like, when you look inside, when you, like, look at yourself and you by yourself say, I'm not perfect, but that's okay. I'm going to learn from each one of my failures, um, and I'm not going to broadcast my perfections. I'm not going to broadcast like I'm perfect. I'm not going, but I'm also not going to broadcast my, you know, failures to try to teach everybody how to fix things. Like that's another yeah. pet peeve of mine. It's just like that. We got the we have a a group of people that on their high horse and they like they they only show the perfect side of themselves. So people, you know, just give, they give out the perception of perfection. But then you have this other group of people. Who are fine to tell you that, you know, they're struggling with something, but they use their struggle to try to teach you something. No, just look inside yourself. I think at some point, everybody needs to take a deep dive into themselves and be okay with their failures and really learn and get through their failures before they try to reciprocate and and teach someone else something. Mm -hmm. And so I think the big first step is, you know, looking inside yourself know that you're not perfect, know that you're going to fail, but really learn from those failures. Don't give out the perception that you're growing from failures, but really grow and learn from all your failures. And then you don't have to feel like, you know, you have to put the image of perfection out there because you know, within yourself and you being led by your spirit to just know that, you know, I'm working on everything that I may fail in or all my imperfections. And you don't have to put out that you're, you have the image of perfection. I hope that, that makes like, sense.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It all takes a certain degree of, of self-awareness. Yeah. And like we've talked about in our last podcast of doing the inner work yourself before you go out and, you know, um, share how to be, a an excellent human to the rest of the world. And so I love that. you um being honoring to yourself and, and honest to yourself. And also, um, I really think another way that we can break the cycle of perfectionism is to allow yourself to be stretched. Um, We touched on this uh, last episode just a little bit about how we avoid things that make us uncomfortable. And I think that goes for this as well. I mean, whenever we possess that trait of perfectionism, naturally we want to be good and be awesome and great in what we're doing. But what about all the other things that you're doing? as well that or that you may not be doing that you're just kind of subpar at whenever we avoid those things like completely avoid those things then you're not really growing in anything you're not allowing anything to challenge you or or make you better by doing something that that you're not used to Um, so I definitely think that um, being stretched is one great great way that you can kind of break that cycle of perfectionism definitely
1: yeah can you go through and explain or we can both kind of do this because we hear the word excellence a lot and perfection so like there's a fine line between excellence and perfection i know what i think that line is but i want to hear what you think that line is
0: yeah so excellence is is not necessarily perfection i really don't believe that i think when you talk about perfection, it can get super unhealthy perfection, you're just after a goal or an idea, and you're trying to do everything that you can to attain that goal or idea versus excellence, where you have this great goal, but in route to the goal you acknowledge that there are going to be bumps and bruises on the way but those don't stop you you allow yourself to be refined by the adversity that you face while obtaining excellence
1: yeah i think excellence is having a great plan mm-hmm. so like you can be excellent in your planning so that you have cross every t and dot every i but like you said if a bump comes in the road you're not thrown off completely you just know how to reroute yourself in this pursuit of excellence i think perfection is a mythical goal mm-hmm. because you can tell me you set let's say you set the perfect atmosphere i can find something wrong with that mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like there's always going to be you know some Thing that goes wrong, or something that goes a little rogue, that's going to keep you away from perfection. Mm-hmm. But excellence is that you have a plan, and you have a contingency plan just in case that mm-hmm. whatever you plan you have doesn't work completely. So I think excellence is more of you know a a pl- having a great plan for anything. Mm.
0: And I think being open-hearted and also open-handed to whatever else comes your way. Because, like, Jay, you say this all the time. You can only control the controllables. That's right.
1: <laughs> I should I should patent that quote. You only can control the controllables. You can't control what you can't control. So why do you trying to control them? That's what I said to my, my softball team every day.
0: Every day. Every single day. Um, another way that you can kind of break the cycle of perfection perfectionism is... Um, embrace feedback yeah so when you have those trusted people in your life people that are in your circle you know asking them with um, a humble heart you know how can i prove in this area of my life what did you see in this area and so when you approach them with an open heart It allows for opportunities of improvement to happen whenever we take that feedback in stride, apply it to our life, and knowing that we're still probably gonna mess up and that's gonna be okay.
1: That's really good. Um, I'm a firm believer that you need, and anybody with any leadership person will tell you this, like, and I'm, I'm not considering myself a leadership person, but any book you read will tell you this that you need to have X amount of people speaking into your life. Not too many people, but it needs to be more than one person. And they need to be able to give you feedback, like she said. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, there's nothing better. It can be kind of hard sometimes, but it's nothing better to hear someone else tell you that you're not as good as you think you are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just helps you grow and helps you get better. Because, you know, our default is to think we're the best that we can possibly be. Mm -hmm. That's good. You did that, girl. Thank you. Give me another one. You got one more?
0: Um. Yeah. Another one would be, <laughs> I have a lot, that you are always a student. And even when I was in undergrad, I had a professor, she talked about always being a student and always being ready to learn. No matter if you are in the academia world, whether you're now in a career, whether you're like in between jobs, like you are always a student and you're always seeking an opportunity to learn. And that's also where that growth mindset comes in, knowing that as you are, Um, trying to pursue excellence that you're learning and you're growing in intelligence and and it will only grow over time that we don't have a fixed um, we don't have a fixed trait of you know perfectionism that'd be crazy to have um but know that we're always en route to to excellence or whatever that may be
1: chris i'll just quote (laughs) that should be a segment (laughs) in our podcast chris i'll just quote um (laughs) leaders are learners yeah that means we're constantly learning no matter how great we think we are you can always learn something different
0: Mm-hmm. and like mistakes do not equal failure. Mistakes that's right. are uh are opportunities. They're mistakes op- are opportunities.
1: opportunities.
0: I've heard
1: that quote too. And they're opp-
0: they're opportunities for raw development. Yeah, no, this. And y'all, it it doesn't get any realer than that when you fail and and you're able to build upon that failure, man. That's just such a raw opportunity, and you can have, really have a great great way of mining the gold out of any situation if you just realize what it what it's for.
1: That's awesome. It's never
0: a win and a lose. It's a
1: um, a win and a
0: win and a learn. Win and a learn. A and a learn.
1: Yep. There you go. That's it. Jay Brown quote: <laughs> You got to know what the valley feel like. To know what the mountaintop feels like. I have so you,
0: seen the mountaintop.
1: Amen, girl. So you got to <laughs> fail in order to, you know, learn from that failure and get back on top. Exactly. Gosh. Man. Man I like this class.
0: Yeah. It's not a class.
1: We're sitting in a closet. Yeah. I like this stuff. Are we go in there? Is that it? Yeah,
0: that's it. Well. I think so.
1: Guys, we appreciate you joining us today. You know, we'll talk about perfectionism again because it, it irks me sometimes. So <laughs> we'll probably talk about it again. Um... We we love you guys. Can
0: I say that? Uh yeah, I th- I think you can. We are
1: family, like a giant
0: tree. I don't know that song. Thank you guys so much for <laughs> tuning in to Candid Candor and hearing our awful singing. Um, be sure to tune in next time and don't forget to like, share, repost, retweet. <laughs>
1: Blake lindsey would say spray.
0: Spray <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Let all your people know. Uh, we'd love to have whoever along for the ride. We'll catch right. y'all later.
1: We'll see you guys. We won't see you. It's a podcast. Bye.